Hey everybody, Eric here. Just want to take a quick second to remind you that if you want one of the first set of Nature of My Game t-shirts, all you have to do is subscribe to our Patreon at the $5 Hope You Guess My Name tier by the release of next week's season finale. It's that easy. And of course, you'll also get access to some exclusive audio content with more on the way. You can find our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash nomgpodcast. I hope you're enjoying Season 6 and strap in for two intense episodes to cap it off. And now, with no more ado, enjoy Episode 7 of With a Little Help from My Friends. Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast... So we we've got uh we've got our chanters, we've got the pentagram, and we've got somebody to burn the powder, correct? And we need a and we need a guardian. And then a watcher, yeah. But who watches the watcher? You hear a scream off in the distance in the woods. It sounds like a man screaming out in pain, and then it's just cut short. No. You do come across Red Jake. He's lying in a heap on the ground. His chest has been, his chest and his rib cage have been totally ripped open. And it looks like organs, maybe his heart has been ripped out. Myrtle, Myrtle, I can't, it can't happen again. Not, not again, not again. Myrtle, Myrtle, what, what, what should I do? I think, I think your camera is fine. I think, I think Myrtle, Myrtle thinks this is good too. I think everything's all right. I know who you are, you vile, unworthy things. Every one of you will suffer, and no one will care when you're gone. You will not survive. Keep chanting, keep chanting. And as its claws cling to the shutters, you see exactly what it is. Evan, it's that raccoon that you saw yesterday. It's clinging to the shutters, and its chest and ribcage have been ripped open, and it starts gnawing and clawing at the wood around the window. Boston, June 18th, 1921. Constantine O'Malley had just arrived at the Boston Globe offices when he heard arguing from inside the publisher's office. It was around 7 a.m., but Constantine liked to arrive early for his shifts, making sure that he was ready to go if there was any early morning breaking news. Even though he had had the photographer's job for more than a year, he still felt like it was new and that he could lose it at any moment. Constantine moved closer to the door, curious but not wanting to be caught eavesdropping. He didn't have to move too close to hear as the voices continued to grow louder, and now he was sure that the person arguing with the publisher was Myrtle. But why do you want him to go with you, Myrtle? This is an incredibly important feature, one that could make or break your career. He's good, Bill. He sees things others don't. He's able to capture nuances that the other guys don't even notice. Constantine felt his heart sink for a moment. He knew Myrtle was heading to the Amazon for an investigative piece. She'd been working on it for a while, and though she'd been tight-lipped on the topic, he could tell it was going to be big. He'd had the faintest glimmer of hope that she might bring him along, but he knew it wasn't realistic, and certainly she wasn't talking about him that way. But Myrtle, we have professionals that can go with you, men who have spent their career as photojournalists. He's... well, he's a janitor. Just because he seems to have a knack for the camera doesn't give him the skills of the others. And also... Constantine heard the publisher's voice lower at this point. Don't you know who his family is? They're crazies some sort of paranormal investigators. I can't believe you tie yourself up with the likes of them. Constantine's mind began to race, and the sound of the argument faded out around him. She was talking about him, about Constantine. She wanted him to go with her to the Amazon. She thought he saw things that others didn't. 
He didn't hear what Myrtle said, but regained his focus in time to hear the publisher say, You do what you want, Myrtle. It's your career on the line. At that, the door to the office swung open and Myrtle stepped out. She didn't look mad, more pensive and perhaps a bit sad. But when she saw Constantine, her face showed momentary shock before it turned into a wide grin. So I always like to do this with every season, and as we're getting closer and closer to the end of this one, um, I want to I want to take the opportunity to do it. So take take out of your mind kind of the current situation that your characters are in, or at least the like the most the the direness of it, and even you know what you think would be a good story necessarily. I want you to just think for a second, like what do you hope for? your character. You know, like you probably have some degree of attachment, you know, that you've built since you started designing the character or over, over the course of our recording. What do you want for them in their life at kind of coming out of this, assuming they survive? So for Evan, my, my hope is that he kind of finds direction. I always think that characters always, at least mine, always kind of tend to reflect on myself. And so I think if I was a rich person, I think just the worst version of myself, if I let myself be taken by my worst instincts, I would just be in a basement playing video games and drinking coffee and then later in the day drinking beer and doing nothing else. And that's like the worst way I could live my life. And I think Evan shares that with me, but he's also insanely wealthy. So his he just has nicer things than that. <laughs> he has video games in 1926. Yeah. <laughs> but but he has he doesn't need to do anything. So I think my hope, and and I think the you know storyline wise, it would would make sense is is maybe he uh, he finds this this work now meaningful, and it it gives him more something to do. Cool, I like that. I hope that for him as well. Um, for Constantine, I would hope that um, taking ourselves outside of I don't know how sanity recovery. Um, he's currently at 13 sanity, so I don't know how sanity recovery in this game works long term. But um, if we're going to step outside the game, I'd hope that he'd eventually uh, maybe find some peace in his life in what's gone on and what he's seen and what he has, um, you know, been able to accomplish. And I guess if not peace, um, maybe purpose. I've kind of portrayed him because of the the sanity I started with. With this, like, it's more of a he's not trying to to solve these things necessarily to not necessarily to make, you know, the, like a greater purpose. He's doing it more out of a, almost a compulsion, but I guess I'd like to see, you know, maybe him find actual purpose in doing this and being able to take his experiences. Yeah. It's just kind of hard when you're trying to make a character, uh, when the mechanics of the game with like this low of sanity and how do you balance trying to make trying to stay true to what you think the character would be but also trying to be respectful of um 
you know, individuals who might be suffering mental illness um, and not just making them a caricature, things like that. So I guess those are things that I've been trying to aware of and hopes in the future that peace and if not peace, purpose. Yeah, and I think you I think you very quickly made the really intentional choice with Constantine that when you know you rolled the 20 for power and I think you I think you made the decision that like you know maybe maybe initially that was that was just manifesting in him like you know he kind of goes with what people say he's like easily it's it's like easy for people to convince him to do things he's like you know he doesn't have the strongest willpower right but then the the sanity being at 20 was something happened to him right like this isn't his natural state of being no it, he no. He's been he has been touched by the unnatural, by the supernatural mm-hmm. that has and th- that's what has caused this for him. Um, Absolutely. And I think that was a really good I think that was a really good choice. Thanks. And I and just coming back to the mechanics for a second, there is actually like if, if, if you end up being successful, there are ways to get some back. So he actually could end he could actually end the scenario if he's able to hold on with more than he than he started it with, which could be good because he actually he, he was able to like overcome something um, and not just kind of run from it or even seek it out to but still be afraid of it yeah so there's there is hope even if it's might look bleak for us and him right now which is always nice if he can just survive uh, what about what about Margaret I would like her to be happy and to be taken care of we haven't gotten into her backstory too much but like her mom died when she was young she has three younger siblings that she has to take care of she got an absent father. So, like, she's working nonstop for the mob. Like, <laughs> like she's she's taking care of everything. She's taking care of her family. She's taking care of Constantine. She's taking care of people. Um, <laughs> it would be nice if she didn't have, if she had someone to take care of her. I don't, like, romantically, paternally, maternally. She just wants to be the one, to, or she just deserves to be the one taken care of for a while. She just wants to kick her feet up at some point and let <laughs> let things happen. Exactly, for a <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I I do sincerely hope um, that 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 those things happen for all of your characters, but I will not uh, force that to happen. So we, we will see, we will see how that goes. So when we left off, the ritual had begun. You have a priest and two university students helping you out with the ritual. It started out with some ooze, with with the house shaking around and and a voice coming and telling you that you none of you would survive and that no one would care even when you die and ooze dripping down. But now uh, Margaret and Evan have seen a raccoon that Evan saw earlier dead with its chest and rib cage ripped open has now crawled through the tall grass and jumped up on the shutter of the window and seems to be like gnawing and clawing at the woodwork around the window. And so to to kick off our session, um, I'm going to need Margaret and Evan to please make me a sanity check. It's a 49 under 57. All right. Ooh, 91 over 67. Oh, boy. So you're going to take two more points of sanity damage, Margaret. How many has that, has that been for today? How many are you down? Five. Five. Okay, so you're you're still you're still hanging on fine. So I think Evan, you probably you, you know, even though you saw this raccoon before, you convince yourself that this must be a different raccoon and it's like 
it's definitely going to die from these wounds, but maybe it hasn't quite died yet. I think that's the that's like what you're telling yourself in your yeah, head. Yeah, it's it's in the process of dying, and the natural way raccoons die is by flinging themselves at windows and gnawing. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. So, what would you like to do, the two of you? How secure does the window seem? Yeah, is he breaking through? Is he? Uh, is he? Are we in immediate danger? Is this a? Huh. That's a weird raccoon. Back to something else. <laughs> uh, it's 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 definitely more than the latter of those two things. It's it seems like it's trying to get in, um, but whether or not you think it's going to be successful in the next five seconds, probably not. I think shooting at the raccoon right now is a bad idea. Okay, noted. Okay. And uh, as a reminder, we are about halfway through the ritual. You think you're probably about halfway through the ritual. We we know it's supposed to take an hour, correct? I think it said at least an hour. At least an hour, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, take note of it, keep an eye on it, but Evan thinks it's going to die soon, so it'll probably just fall and be dead. Margaret does not think it's going to die soon, but doesn't want to break the window open and just let it in, (laughs) so... I will be waiting for an actual breach, either by the raccoon or something else. All right. So, Margaret, you you don't act immediately, but you kind of watch the raccoon for a little while. And two minutes pass, three minutes pass, and it seems like it has been able to pull off the wood that like outlined the top of the window, and you see it fall and it lands on the grass outside, and you look down, and you see that this wood had those sigils, those wards, on it. And now the raccoon seems to be kind of moving on to the next plank of wood around the left side of the window, trying to, like, rip it down. That changes things. Um, okay, <laughs> I, let, I let both Evan and Constantine know that one of the warding sigils has come down. I'm letting Constantine know because he seems to be the most knowledgeable about these things. And at letting Evan know because, you know, he's sane and should know this. Um, <laughs> so, Constantine, I think I, this, like, snaps you out of the, like, hyper-focus that you've had sure. on the chant. Yeah, And you look over even... and, yeah, you didn't even see it. Um, uh-huh. And you look over and you see this raccoon with, a, with its chest and ribcage ripped open. And it's, like, very clearly to you trying to tear down the wards around this window. Okay, I will uh, also take this... Make me a sanity this... check, please. <sighs> before you do anything. <laughs> yeah, fail. <laughs> that is two more points of sanity damage for you. Alright, we're halfway there. Um, <laughs> to zero sanity by there. Um, okay, so he's gonna see this um, and he's gonna take this moment to mention... Like, what's a raccoon from outside? Just like all those dead animals that were upstairs. Nice, nice. <laughs> and actually, in in my mind, because of what I D- just did, rolled, I not mention because, that before. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> each time, now that you're in the indefinite insanity, each time that you suffer any sanity damage, you mm-hmm. have another bout of madness. So I imagine okay. you shouting this, saying, "It's one of those raccoons, just like upstairs." As you pull out the twenty-two snub-nosed pistol that that Evan had given you before, and you start just unloading bullets <laughs> into the window. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's perfect because I don't think sanely 
Constantine would ever feel comfortable or even like think to use that, but like that makes complete sense. So, yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll uh, I'll I'll unload that. All right, so um, so go ahead and give me a let's just start with a firearms check to see whether um, you are able to hit this thing, and then we'll move into initiative. No, that is a sixty-six over twenty. If this was Delta Green, that'd be a critical fail, and I'd probably say that you hit uh, Margaret, but it's it's not in this case. And so you just you take a few shots. A couple of them hit the walls, but two of them crash through the window and break the window open. And let's move into initiative. Um, and so Constantine actually is the highest initiative, so that's your turn. Margaret, you are up. The window has been shattered. This raccoon is just perched right on the side, and the window is open. I shoot the raccoon. All right, first time using the Tommy gun. You have an op- You have a choice here, so let me know what you'd like to do. Um, I made the decision beforehand that you that your Tommy gun has thirty bullets in it. So let's keep let's start by keeping that in mind. Your Tommy gun has three bullets in, or thirty bullets in it. When you shoot, you can shoot a single bullet from your Tommy gun. You can also shoot as many bursts of seven bullets as you would like but only until you don't have any bullets left because your firearm score is 70%. Each of your bullets, each of your bursts is seven bullets. And so you can shoot one bullet, you can shoot a burst of seven, or you could shoot up to, at this point, four bursts of seven uh, in a single round if you want. So so how are you trying to shoot this raccoon? <laughs> Fully auto on the raccoon. Um, <laughs> I will shoot, exactly. I will shoot one bullet at the raccoon for now. Okay, go ahead no, and roll me. I'll do one burst. I'll do one burst. Okay, uh, go ahead and give me, roll me a firearms check, please. Woof, 88 over 70. Oh boy, <laughs> would you like to spend 18 points of luck to, to make that a hit? Yeah. Oh, she's going to spend would. it. All right. Can't hold anything back. I do want to kill this raccoon. I do have to get my calculator out to do this math, apparently. Which math? Okay. The the, 18? Luck, the luck reduction. Oh. Okay. <laughs> And I, I just want to read really quick here from uh, from this book here um, that I'm using where the stat block is that says, when it's giving the stats for this creature, it says, dodge. Zombies do not dodge. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Okay. <laughs> so you, you So you, you shoot this burst of bullets with your Tommy gun. And the way that this works is if you, unless you get an extreme success, half your bullets rounded down hit. And so that's three bullets. And so for your dam, each bullet for you is your damage is one d10 plus two, and so this is going to be three d10 plus six damage. <laughs> uh, eight to eight, eighteen plus six, twenty-four. All right, so you, <laughs> so you, you, you shoot out this burst of bullets at the raccoon, and its body is just pulverized by these bullets and it falls off and you know you see intestines that are, that have fallen out and both of its eyes are Gross. pierced and it is there's even even if it even if it could be reanimated again there's nothing for there's nothing to be reanimated um it's it's completely gone clutch good good, good job Margaret. good job good job <laughs> So do you just go back to go back to your normal lives? Do you? Do you, do you yeah, pleasure. No, so I mean, really? I, I you know I, I I murder said raccoon, um, and then aim the gun back at the trapdoor. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Is the trapdoor open or closed still? Closed. It's closed. Okay. So yeah, I just pointed at the trapdoor. I want to ask, but I'm 
kind of still assuming that I'm affected by my bout of madness, but I want to like think if I can figure out why the so like obviously tearing down the wards of power is bad. <laughs> However, <laughs> the like is the thought process that they were just weakened by Jack's death, but they're still kind of active because like it was able to escape out the uh, you know when we saw it outside on our way in. But obviously, it still cares about these wards of power. So I don't know if that's a if that's a check or if that's even relevant. But it's just something I was thinking. I don't know if Constantine would would have that uh, wherewithal. But I'm gonna let you make an occult check. But I think first you like as you're saying like good job, Margaret. Good job. You like walk over to the window and you like put three more bullets into the like desecrated <laughs> carcass of this raccoon. Do I have to roll a hit? <laughs> <laughs> no, you you hit just fine. Um, but go ahead and make me an occult roll to see if you can figure out anything about what kind of how this process is working. Uh, no, it's a critical failure in 99. <laughs> I'm, s- I'm still feeling the madness a little bit. I think in your head, you're you're starting to think, you know, the, the wards seem to work, but maybe there's someone else out there, who, someone who Jack forgot about, who was part of the group that is still alive. You're not sure. You okay. have no idea. All right. That was a try. Um, okay, so then he'll he'll eventually, like, look, just stare at the raccoon for a little bit, and then maybe even while he's standing there, start chanting again. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. What were you going to say, Brandy? I don't think it's unreasonable for me to have brought an additional ammo belt in my violin case. No, I think that's very reasonable. In, okay. in the middle of combat, it, it takes some time to reload. Um, Which is understandable. I just wanted to be like, I don't think when I run out of bullets this time, I'm completely out. Correct. I agree. So I would say you're at 23 bullets for now. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So are you going to try to address the broken window at all or just leave it and hope hope for the best? Uh, that Not Evan won't. Maybe after, you know, a minute or two, Constantine breaks out of his stupor um can he look like step outside and look at the like have the have the the warded panels been like scratched out destroyed do they look salvageable uh it looks like there's a there's a, a wooden panel i mean sorry it, yeah it, it looks like the they the, the sigils haven't been scratched out the panel was just taken down so okay and you think you saw a hammer and nails downstairs in that toolbox so in, in, you could theoretically like hammer it back up there okay I mean, there's, there's a can't we obviously can't replace the window that I shot out, but this seems like something again, like focused something that he could, you know, here is a problem, here is a solution. Um, so he will, without saying anything, just like pick it up, place it inside, walk downstairs, and get the toolbox, or just get hammer and nails. Okay, sounds good. Evan, Margaret, are you gonna kind of just go back to what you were doing before? Got to keep the ritual going. Yep. yep, it's the most important thing. All right, so, Constantine, you go downstairs, you grab a hammer, you grab some nails, you walk outside the house, and you start to hammer this piece of wood back up on the window. And right about as you're finishing, you're hammering the last nail in, you hear something from behind you, kind of in the yard, and it sounds like, help, help, like a woman shouting help very faintly. Constantine is going to drive the last nail in and then he is going to turn
turn and who's closest to the window, uh, Margaret or Evan? Probably Margaret. Okay, he's gonna turn, look at Margaret, and then just walk toward the woods to to investigate the sound. Margaret, make me a listen roll, please. Fifty-six over thirty. Okay, so you didn't hear the the help call. You just see Constantine finish nailing this in, look at you, and then turn and start walking, in like across the like starting to walk across the yard to the woods. I yell out, like, Constantine, what are you doing? Where are you going? But I do not follow him. Okay. I'm helping. I'm helping. I'm helping. I'm helping. Ooh. There's a voice. Someone, a woman calling out. Constantine, come back. And Constantine, you move through the grass, and you see a person hunched over, clutching their chest, hobbling slowly towards you. And as they get closer, it's a woman and she lifts her head up to look at you and in the moonlight you can see that her face is caked with blood and though you haven't seen her in in many years and she looks older than the last time you saw her you feel sure that the woman is Myrtle she calls out to you please help me and then collapses into the tall grass and I think Constantine you feel almost an, an otherworldly compulsion and you start moving quickly towards her. So Evan, uh, yeah, he'll move over next to Margaret to see what's going on. You see Constantine running through the tall grass toward a hunched figure. And I feel like this is like the fourth time this has happened where like Evan watches whatever it is Constantine's doing and then just looks to Margaret and isn't totally clear on what to do right away. Margaret is looking at Evan and she's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> some for some reason Constantine keeps leaving. <laughs> we uh we we can't stop the ritual. I assume Evan is also still yelling at the priest. Keep chanting. <laughs> <laughs> chant, chant. <laughs> so Constantine, you run toward this woman, and you get close, and she's kind of collapsed on the ground, and you like lean over her and she turns to look up at you and in that moment you realize that it is not Myrtle but that this woman's skin is completely gaunt and pale her entire chest and ribcage have been ripped open and her eyes go wide as she lunges up to bite you Uh, but first I need you to make me a sanity roll (laughs) (laughs) I I don't really think that that would (laughs) it's a fail these sanity rolls aren't even like in the in the realm of like that was a seventy five over eleven, and you can't spend luck on sanity rolls, so it, it doesn't even matter. I don't think he's gonna spend sixty points. <laughs> this is luck. a this is a d six actually. So Ooh. come on. Kai. Oh, I rolled. I only rolled a two. Nice. I'm at that. Uh, I'm in the single digits. Okay, and I also have to roll about a madness for you here. <laughs> Um, it says it's a, it's a, this is the third out of four times that I rolled a seven, so that is fleeing. So you want to flee? <laughs> I'm a runner. But it is her turn first, and she attempts to bite you. Uh, would you like to? I, I I think based on the bout of madness, you're probably gonna try to dodge here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so go ahead and roll dodge. Uh, fail. Eighty-eight over twenty-seven. 
All right. Well, I also rolled a 49, which is a fail. And so the Dodger wins in a fail. And you just start, you, you just dart away. Don't tell What do you think in this moment is going through Constantine's mind? I think that the reaction to run is more of a, it, obviously, I mean, along with the madness, wasn't a conscious, was not a conscious decision like, oh, I think this is Myrtle. Oh, this is not Myrtle. Oh, this thing's trying to bite me. I should get away. Um, I don't think he knows why he ran. I don't even know if he's completely understanding that that, if it completely registered that it's not Myrtle, um, he had just, there was no hope that Myrtle was alive. So this isn't necessarily like a, like false hope type of thing. Um, but I think he's in shock. He doesn't know why he's running. Um, he's not sure where he's running to or really what just happened. All right. And he starts running away and he doesn't see, but Evan and Evan and Margaret, you kind of glance in the direction that he's running, and now you see that another figure is walking through the tall grass, and Constantine is running right at this figure, and it looks to you like the reanimated corpse of Red Jake. And I need Evan and Margaret to roll me a sanity check, please. 99. <laughs> Oof. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> uh... 12 under 57. <laughs> and it's like, whatever. <laughs> All right, so Evan takes one point of sanity damage. While we're on this topic, how are our grad student homies? Because you had run, you had rolled some sanity checks for them and then stopped doing it. So are we just pretending they're fine? I mean, so they, so they, they were, they experienced the, like, the shaking of the house and the ooze dripping, but I think they were so focused on what they were doing that they didn't really see the raccoon. It wasn't obvious. It wasn't in the room. And they really don't, they're really not looking out the window right now. And I think with Evan continuing to bark, keep chanting, they're, they're just listening to him. Okay. And just like, they're, they're just like basically keeping their eyes down and just like continuing to do what they've been instructed to do. But because, what is your, what is your current sanity number before you lose any here, Margaret? Like my sanity score, yeah, is sixty-five. Okay, so that's still above fifty, which means that a ninety-nine is not a critical failure. It is just a failure. Excellent. But I still rolled a six on the on the die, so you still lose six points of sanity. Okay. And I need you to make me an intelligence check, please. Okay. Five plus six is eleven, so I'm still not real. I haven't hit that other okay. sanity thing yet. I'm sorry, an intelligence check? Yes, please. Okay. 41 under 65. All right, so you see Red Jake, and, you know, I think when you saw the other woman, you didn't know who she was exactly. It wasn't obvious to you that this, like, is definitely someone who has been reanimated. But seeing Red Jake and having seen his corpse before... You know, something has reanimated this corpse and it is now alive again. And the full weight mm -hmm. of that realization washes over you because you passed your intelligence check. So it all makes sense to you. And you go temporarily insane. And so I'm going to roll about a madness for you as well. Ignorance is bliss. I rolled fear of alcohol and alcoholic be beverages. I don't think we're going to go with that one. <laughs> I'm out of a job. <laughs> there was some alcohol in the basement. She could just be like, I don't want to go to the basement anymore. <laughs> All right. So you, you look out and the full realization of this washes over you. And something it, somehow 
your mind convinces you that Red Jake isn't a person. He isn't a zombie. He's a giant doll that is being moved around by some kind of marionette. And this for you is the the most terrifying thing that you've ever seen or experienced. And so moving forward, you're going to have for a fear of dolls. Brandy? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you think Margaret uh, reacts in that moment? I mean, she shoots that doll. <laughs> Fair she enough. She is firing some bursts into that doll. All right, the range is 20 yards, so I think that I think you're within 20 yards of of Red Jake. Um, and so how many bursts are you firing at Red Jake? Um, two, please. Two bursts. Okay, um, so go ahead and roll me your first attack roll, first firearms roll. Eight, which is... It's got to be an extreme success, right? It's nice. extreme success, yeah. Okay, and then roll me another one. Roll me another one with a uh, with a penalty die. So roll the tens digit twice. Okay. And take the worst result. Yeah. Okay. It's twenty three, which is I rolled really well. A twenty three <sighs> is still a hard success. A hard success. Okay. So um, so, so I what happened? Thirteen and a twenty five. <laughs> So your first burst, the extreme success, all seven bullets make contact. And the second burst, three more. So 10 bullets. So if you want to roll full damage, it's 10 D10 plus 20 damage that you do to Red Jake. (laughs) Margaret really hates dolls. (laughs) Okay, 10 D10 is 60 (laughs) plus... I can't 20, remember what the other number plus was. 20, 80 points of damage. I have done 80 damage to Doll Red Jake. I think you might like I think that might be enough damage to kill Cthulhu if you were fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so Constantine, you just take off running and right at the moment that you see Red Jake, you see the large gaping hole in his chest and his rib cage. And then 80 or I guess 10 bullets rip through his corpse and he collapses to the ground and you continue to run. (laughs) He just explodes into a red mist. (laughs) Well, no, all his blood's gone. So it's, it's just a, it's just a, he just, his, it falls apart. Like it just, it just disintegrates. Fuck that doll. (laughs) Um, Evan, what would you like to do? So Evan Evan knows that Margaret's normally pretty uh pretty well composed with her gun. So hearing uh 14 bullets being fired off, uh I'm gonna, I'm going to join her. I assume she's still in the doorway cuz there there's something going on. I think clearly. she's I look I think you're looking through the window. In in my mind you're looking through the broken window and like shooting through the broken oh, window. Oh, is that through the broken window? So so Evan will go to the doorway though to see what is required that many bullets. Okay, you open up the door and you see you probably see the see the corpse of Red Jake fall and Constantine just runs by and is like running around <laughs> through the grass. Oh, poor Constantine. Do you want to do anything, Evan? I don't think I think he's taking it in, trying to figure out what to do and not wanting to abandon the ritual. That's still right there. Okay. The, the woman, the woman's corpse starts 
kind of slowly shuffling through the grass after Constantine. Though, Constantine, of course, you take no notice of this. And you're still running, so... And I think, Margaret, you're still kind of... This this woman now, in your mind, transforms into another doll. And so I think you, I think you gotta, I think you gotta fire another burst. Yeah, I only have one burst left, so I fire that burst. Go for it. I almost just rolled 10 100-sided die, <laughs> which would have been way too high of a number. <laughs> one under 70, so a regular wow. success. Okay, uh, so go ahead and roll me uh, 3d10 plus 6 damage. 15 plus 6, 21. So Margaret an- fires off another burst of bullets, and oh yeah, the, uh, the 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 animated corpse of the woman goes down as well and collapses into the grass. Meanwhile, Constantine, you're outside. You're running through the tall grass, and you start to see figures in black robes just popping up all around you. You look to one side toward the woods and they're standing at the edge of the forest. You look ahead of you, there's one there. You turn around, you look behind you, there's another one there. You look toward the farmhouse and there's a group of figures in black robes who are all holding hands and swaying and they're encircling the farmhouse. What do you do? I'm outside the circle. Yeah, they're around the farmhouse. You're like in the tall grass and there's like there's black figures at the edge of the forest. There's black fi- figures encircling the farmhouse, like, right around it. And then there's others mm-hmm. that are kind of interspersed throughout the grass. Can I see Evan or Margaret? No. No. All you see is the location and these these black-robed figures. Okay. Um, but the, the, it's not like there's a, there's a direction where they're not, right? Like, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. I... I think Constantine is going to stop and slowly start walking to the black figures. I mean, I think at first there was the the fear, but again, like maybe some part of him connects like the black robes, the ritual, the original, you know, individuals doing this, like maybe this is supposed to happen. Um, And so he's going to kind of like almost in a trance walk toward the black figures. He is going to take two pictures of the black figures though while he walks. Of course. Are they chanting anything? It doesn't sound you don't it doesn't they're sound like they are. It sounds like okay. they're just kind of swaying and looking at you. Oh, they're all looking at me? Yeah. Are are you approaching the ones around the farmhouse, the ones by the woods, uh, just one that's in the grass near you? The, uh, he'll he'll approach the ones around the farmhouse and he'll just hit Merle, Mar- is this is this is this what you wanted me to see? Is this a sign? Is this is this how to stop this all? What should I do? What, what what should we do? What are we doing? Jack, Grandpa Jack, are you there? You approach the ones around the farmhouse, and I think Margaret and Evan, you both, you see that Constantine stops running and just starts slowly walking back toward the farmhouse. None of you see any, any black-robed figures or anything like that. And Constantine, when you get to the figures... Two of them, the two that you're right in front of, take their hoods off, and one of them is is your great-grandfather, Jack O'Malley, and the other is Myrtle, and they're both smiling at you, and they say, it's it's going to be okay, Constantine, it's, it's going to be okay. Here, get down on your knees. We'll show you the way. 
Uh, you're, you're, you're here, but, but, but I saw you, I saw you die. I, and, and Myrtle, you've been gone, you've been gone for so long, but, but you're here. So this, this must be okay. Um, and he gets down on his knees. And Evan and Margaret, you see the wind right around Constantine as he drops down to his knees. You see the wind around Constantine pick up and Constantine, you, you get down on your knees and all of a sudden, the faces of Grandpa Jack and Myrtle turn into this horrible, roiling flesh that just seems to bubble. And then they all disappear. And all you feel is this horrible claw. You don't see it, but you feel it rake across your face. And that is where we're going to end our story for now. Oh, no. Unpleasant. <laughs> no. <laughs> This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Chaosium Inc. slash Moon Design Publications, LLC, which are used under Chaosium Inc.'s fan material policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Chaosium Inc. For more information about Chaosium Inc.'s products, please visit chaosium.com. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the Nature of My Game podcast at NOMG Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at nomgpodcast.com. To support us on Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash nomgpodcast.